0: This is episode 93 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. Get out of your comfort zone. Go see the world. The world's an amazing place. And Steven Johnson.
1: I mean, yeah, I ended up with a, I was so inspired by it all. I ended up with a couple of tattoos,
0: which I've never ever thought that I would have. Now today's episode was recorded back at the end of February 2019, right after Steven returned from his spiritual awakening vacation to Thailand. So you'll hear how that impacted his approach to trading. And you'll also hear questions from several listeners like yourselves and the excellent advice that Tim and Steven bring. And since we're releasing this episode on April 15th, Tax Day, why not check out The Trader's Guide to Tax Day, an excellent blog post over at Stocks Stockstotrade.com. We'll link to it from today's episode on the Steady Trade website and on our YouTube channel. The Trader's Guide to Tax Day. Go check it out. And now... Let's get to today's episode with Stephen and Tim.
2: Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Um, we've had some interesting couple of weeks, as well as uh, Stephen. I think has had a couple interesting weeks. If, if you're listening in and, and staying up to date on your episodes, you know Stephen has been gone for a couple of weeks. I'm glad to have him back. Um, and then, as w- what we're doing is is something that I really like doing. I enjoy these episodes every few months. We'll do what we call listener mailbag or, or whatever you want to call them. But, uh, you know, there, there's so many questions out there that, uh, you know, sometimes me as a seasoned veteran, I, I can overlook them. And, you know, and even Steven, I mean, Steven's two of, you know, roughly two years into his journey. It's easy to kind of overlook some of the introductory questions. And, and we've got a few of those today. And as always, on that note, before we get started and, and Stephen kind of gives his excuse for why he's been gone for a couple of weeks, always, you know, please, you know, whether you comment on YouTube, comment on the blog, go to steadytrade.com. We want to offer or answer your questions. You know, we're doing this podcast for you, the listener. So if there's anything we mention that you're like, wait, I'd like a little clarification or maybe we use some jargon and you're not clear or we bring up some chart pattern or whatever. So any question on the table, hit us in the YouTube comments, hit us on the blog. And we also have an email us link on SteadyTrade.com. So Stephen, let us know, you know, where have you been? How, how was it in the witness protection program?
1: Yeah, I've been in prison. I've been in prison. Uh, I've been, I've been losing things for a while and I've been wanting to commit crimes and I've had ongoing urges to, uh, to rob department stores and no, I just did it <laughs> just did it no I've, um uh, I think w- you, when you're working when you're working a lot like one thing that I've kind of struggled with for a while is a lot of people will like work a day job and then they'll get home and they'll just watch the telly or they'll work a day job and they'll get home and study and there's fulfillment and study but every now and then sometimes you need to um you need more than that you need to get away you need to get away and you need to to have a reward for the work you do during the day and you need a break from what you do in the evening as well because otherwise it, it can become a monotonous cycle so i i hadn't i hadn't had a proper vacation in a few maybe a few years i mean the the general trips were the the sex conference or back to england uh, so this was the first time i've been away in about 3 years and i was away in thailand and it was a, it was a real amazing journey and and I really can only advocate that people, if you can, if you can afford to, uh, you, you, you try and get away and break the cycle every three or four or five months. You know, you know the, it's funny. I, I, the world of
2: difference. I, I followed you, you know, I followed your journey on Instagram and, and, and I saw a lot of your inspirational posts where you were talking about, you know, get out of your comfort zone, go see the world. The world's an amazing place. And then what I was glad to see is, Every one of your posts was just you drinking. So I mean, I'm I'm glad you really got out of your comfort zone, saw the world, and you just did what you do in Dubai. So I mean, I saw you, I didn't see you climbing any pyramids. I didn't see you interacting with any locals. I saw you with a bunch of English speaking people drinking in a bar. But but hey, I'm glad you're seeing the world, you know.
1: No, but I mean, and it's funny because I mean, you you can, you can, you can call it, you can call it how you say it, but, um, but no, I mean, there's, there's definitely, I mean, whether you do it fueled with alcohol or whether you do it uh, fueled on any, anything else, uh, just pure joy and excitement or
2: just natural wonder. The point is to. You should have went hunting. Go all the way, all the way there. You should have killed something, man.
1: Well, uh, I'm not, right now I'm about peace when and love. When we go somewhere, when you come <laughs> with me. I'm not about killing, I'm not about killing its cr- creatures. Well, we'll eat them though, don't worry
2: about it.
1: So, <laughs> it won't go to waste. No, but I'll eat them, but I'll eat them. But no, I mean, whether whether fueled on alcohol or fueled on raw inspiration, I think it's really good to explore other cultures, talk to different people, uh, see new things, see new places, uh, and uh i mean yeah i ended up with a I was so inspired by it all i ended up with a couple of tattoos which i've never ever thought that i would have uh so it's what do, what
0: it's, do the tattoos say hey there steady trade listeners now we all know that tim bowen is the lead trainer for stocks to trade but how many of you listeners actually use stocks to trade have any of you never even tried it at all well if so today you're in luck because Stocks to Trade is now offering a 14 day trial for only $7. Now this means that for the price of a pretty good hamburger, you can spend two weeks of your time getting familiar with the platform to see if it's really as good as people say it is. And people say it's pretty good. My name is Luis from Los Angeles, California. I'm a brand new trader. Been using stocks to Trade now for just a little over a year. I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's definitely a program created for traders by traders. Very fluid, highly intuitive. Um, it's got amazing pre-market scanners, and the best part is that you can even create your own screeners. Uh, so for a newbie like me, it's nice having those training wheels and also the opportunity to kind of learn on my own and grow from there. So if you're not a Stocks to Trade user, I highly recommend that you become one. But here's the best part: if you sign up for this 14-day trial, you'll also get access to Stocks to Trade University, the learning hub where you can watch. 14 videos with Tim Bowen walking you through each feature of the platform. So if you haven't tried Stocks to Trade, take advantage of this 14 day promo while you still can. Go to the website Stocks to Trade.com forward slash 14 day trial. That's stocks to forward slash one four day trial. All run together one word. Go take advantage of this promotion today. The data provided during the trial period is provided by NASDAQ last sale and does not offer OTC BB or level two. This promotion is for new users only.
2: Uh, so it's, what, did, what it's, do the tattoos say? She says don't be a dickhead and tie. Does does it say cut your losses early? Does it say don't short low floats on day one with news? (laughs) It should.
1: It should. (laughs) It should say have self-discipline and stop being a dick.
2: What language ah, language are they in? in Sentai. I think one of them yeah. Okay, so I'll just pretend uh, that that says don't short low floats on day one with news. I'll I'll just pretend that. Nah, but I mean I got pretty – I got
1: pretty spiritual and then I downloaded, and I was like, I don't want to lose that spiritual side. So I downloaded the waking up with, uh, Sam Harris the uh, app, the meditation app, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm pretty excited about it, but, um, but I'm equally excited to get back into the stock market. I have taken a bit of a hiatus. Like I worked, I worked solidly for a few years and then I was just like, take a break. And um, then I was away to Thailand and I'm excited. I'm excited to ease back in, not in a rush. So, and this kind of relates to the first question. The, the first mistake I made as a trader, and I lost about 500 bucks straight off the cuff. Two types of traders start, either ones that are scared or ones that are eager to get in. And if you're eager to get in without much knowledge and you don't know what you're doing, things can quickly go wrong because the minute it goes against you, you can panic. But uh, do you want to read out the first question? Because I've talked sure. a bit and then, and then we'll, we'll discuss it.
2: But, sure. but go on. You go. You you told me to go, and then you told me to stop. So you go. Okay, I, I can read it. This is not oh, my no, no, first. No, no, no. Okay, I thought you had something else to say. So, this question is from Liam Tanner. Uh, Liam, by the way, you get a mystery box. So, if your question gets featured on the Steady Trade Podcast, you get a basket of goodies from the Steady Trade Podcast. Now, keep in mind, Stephen has nothing to do with this basket of goodies, so there will not be any illegal products in there. It's it's trading related, it's good stuff. So remember that's one of the advantages of submitting your question is you could get featured and you could get some free stuff. So question from Liam is I'm about to open my first brokerage account. I've been having a lot of doubts lately that I might never be able to accomplish my goals in day trading. I know it's a journey and I've thought this through and through so many times. I know I'll make mistakes. Any wisdom you could share that will boost my confidence, so that I can be a little more aggressive in my progress. So I'll let you start now. There's a few word keywords in there that I, that that jump out to me, but but go ahead, Stephen.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, thank you, Liam, for the question. Uh, just to reiterate, I'm looking for some of the. I know I picked up some keywords in there as well. And he's like, I thought i have started so many times. I know I'll make mistakes. Any wisdom you can share to boost my confidence so I can be a little bit more aggressive in my progress. He's, but I'd say if you're worried about failing, which he ultimately is, Liam's worried about failing here. Yeah, so
2: that, that's I'd the first thing I picked up on. It's yeah, pretty-
1: the the, the, oh, the quick, quickest way what? you're going to fail, the quickest way that you're going to fail, Liam, is by not trying at all that that's the quickest way you're not going to achieve your goals like you have some goals you want to achieve them the fastest way you will achieve you'll not achieve them is by not starting now what i would do is i would write down on a piece of paper what is the most what what am i going to lose by trying what is it going to cost and and am i prepared to invest this and then and then let it go and 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 if ultimately if you think i'm going to put a thousand bucks in a brokerage account. I'll invest X amount into education and then I think I'm prepared to invest this to give it a shot. And then if, if it goes, then it goes, but at at least you give it a good shot. And, um, and then I think by maybe putting it down on paper, you can have more confidence in your
2: pursuits. Yeah. There's a lot in this question I want to unpack. So I'm going to start with that. You, you kind of started with the first, First rough sentence, and, and I want to start with that as well. And now, keep in mind, Steve and I, Stephen and I, are not licensed financial uh, advisors. This is strictly advice for educational purposes. But I agree. You know, uh, one thing I keyed on is this fear of of not succeeding. I mean, first of all, I talked about this, and actually. A, uh, we had a webinar for stocks to trade and there was thousands of people in it Thursday night. And I made this point and, and several people tagged me on social. I'm like, if you're not willing to be wrong in trading, I mean, if you're, if it scares you to be wrong, you're not, you're, you're going to struggle. You're, you're, you know, you have to be okay with being wrong and it feels like a little bit like Liam is, is, is scared because he doesn't, you know, he's afraid of being wrong. And, and it's going to happen. You gotta take your losses. You know, sometimes you can put all of the research in, you can make the quote unquote perfect trade and then news comes out and you lose. I mean, you have to be okay with losing. And then the other thing before we move through the question where I totally agree with Steven is, you know, it feels like maybe Liam has a little bit of analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis here he says he's thought it through, thought it through, thought it through, but yet he still hasn't even opened a brokerage account, and again, I'm not a licensed financial advisor, but I agree with Stephen at some point, the rubber's got to hit the road, and it's got to be an amount you're okay with losing I don't care if it's a hundred bucks five i mean remember, jump back we we interviewed Mike Huddy for the second time last week. Mike Huddy started out with a, and he's one of the best guys out there. He started out with a $20 account in Robinhood. Now, you're not going to be, you're not going to accomplish all your goals with a $20 account, but you can get started with a little bit of money and start trying things, experimenting and seeing what works. So, yeah, I mean, like Steven said, pick a number, whatever that number is for you, you know your personal finances, but at some point, like I said, the rubber's got to hit the road. Yeah.
1: And just the last thing, it's like, can I boost your confidence? Uh, can I boost your confidence? I I don't think, I can't boost your confidence. I think only you can boost your confidence. Yep. All all I can really do is maybe explain some other benefits that you might, that you might and, develop. And,
2: and the thing is to me, I would, Liam, I would rather you get confidence from your own trading because Stephen and I could, you know, rah, rah and get you all fired up. But I want you to get your confidence from your trading to where you're like, whoa, I got three green trades in a row. Whoa, I was, I was four out of five last week. Get your confidence from yourself, not from others. And, and I would also
1: just out- outline the benefits and think if you're going to invest all of this time doing this discipline and this practice, then you've got to think, why are you doing it? Why do you want to do this? Are you doing it just because you want to get rich? Are you doing it because you want to learn to develop a mental capability of discipline? Are you doing it for the introspection in your own self? You've got to you've got to really question why you're doing this, and uh, and and if the, en- enough of the reasons add up, then then you should then have the confidence to pursue it. Uh, deep answer, but I'm a deep guy. Uh, next question, Actually, Leslie. Last,
2: last point, I do want to keep on. On, keep on, and then you can read the last question. Is you know what I don't like. The, the one keyword i didn't like is at the end i want to be more aggressive in my progress okay you got to i mean you got to take your time you know you you've got to put the study time in you got to put the reps in you got to make those small trades i don't care if it's a $5 green trade or a $10 green trade but do not rush it i mean that is the worst thing you can do if you're if you've been thinking about this for six months or nine months and you finally open that brokerage account and you're like, man, I'm going to go hog wild today. Please don't. I mean one trade a day at the most, you know, track it, review it, etc. but do not try and get aggressive in your progress. The harder you push on the market, the harder it pushes back.
1: And I, but on the flip side, Liam, in terms of your process, Yes, you probably should be more aggressive in terms of the processes because you haven't set up a broker yet. So, yes, pedal to the metal. <laughs> if, if, if you've been thinking about it for a while, pedal to the metal, set up that broker, but then take it slow when you're trading. <laughs> but uh, Leslie writes, um, can you provide some insight into how you pick support and resistance levels for intraday trading? Do you use the daily chart? Boom, 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 keyword there. Uh, to find previous levels of support and resistance, or do you plot them from the intraday chart? Thanks for the dedication, guys. Okay, uh, so this one is from Leslie Wright. Uh, Can you provide some insight into how you pick support and resistance levels for intraday trading? Do you use the daily chart to find previous levels of support and resistance, or do you plot them from intraday charts? Thanks for the dedication, guys.
2: Did you, uh, is it my turn to answer or did you want to offer some input first? What, no, what, what, please, please go, go ahead, wise okay. is the added man. So, so what I'm going to say is number one is check out episode 84 of the Steady Trade podcast. Um, I'm not sure when this question came in. You know, the episode 84 is only a couple weeks old at the time of recording. So I, I am going to answer your question, Leslie, but we're going to answer it quickly because we did do an entire episode kind of talking about this and, I believe we even had charts kind of on screen um, during the YouTube episode. So the answer is yes, yes, and yes to your question. Um, I use the daily chart for the major support and resistance levels, especially, you know, when I'm looking at those breakouts or I'm looking to kind of like those dip buys to support. Um, you know, Steven's a little more short biased than I am, not to answer for him, but I'm pretty sure he's you know he's looking at that daily chart, that one year, one day, maybe two year day chart where he's looking for those spikes into resistance. And then ultimately, once you're in a day trade, I mean you have to use the intraday support. So so if I'm looking at a stock that has broke that daily chart, it's at 52-week highs, say it's over five bucks a share. Maybe 490 was the was the 52-week high nine months ago. It's over five. That would be, you know, in this rough scenario, hypothetical scenario, that would be a bullish chart, especially if it had news and had a unusual volume that day. I'm buying on that break over five. Then if it consolidates through the middle of the day, maybe around VWAP and then fails, then that's your stop. Because now I'm looking at that intraday support. Maybe, maybe say it's like 520 or something and the stock tracks sideways around VWAP. If it breaks that intraday support, this is a day trade, so I'm gonna stop out. I'm not gonna stick around for that five dollar level on the daily chart. I'll use that for my entries, but then my exits are determined by the intraday chart, the the you know the the snapshot of the day.
1: Yeah, I don't really know any better way to explain it than that. I mean, when I look at the daily, I'm just you're looking for the period where most of the opens and closes on the daily chart kind of align. And then I'll try and pick a level to base it off from there. Probably the the days with the highest volume you respect the most or the most recent days you would respect the most. And and keep in
2: mind, that's um, it, I, yeah. I think. and and I think a lot of, you know, newer traders, you know, you'll hear people like me, Stephen, you know, Tim Sykes, you know, Tim Gratani, you know, you'll hear them being very uh, explicit when they talk about support and resistance. But remember, it is just an art, okay? It is not an exact science. So most of the time, any trader, when he's talking about, you know, hey, I see support here, you know, it's kind of a range. It's not like X or Y, you know, it's not like, so so don't, you know, just just keep that into consideration. It is an art. It's not a science, so. No, nah,
1: but I mean, ultimately, all what support and resistance is is every single trader and however many traders there are all guessing where the stock's going to bottom. Self-fulfilling
2: prophecy, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and it probably will, but that doesn't mean that if it drops, you should try and dip by it. I mean, you should think, all right, it should drop about, here. Yeah. So if it does drop and then it bounces and then it double bottoms, then maybe I'll buy that double bottom because you've got the double confirmation of it. that's where it should have supported on the daily and now it's double bottomed on the intraday. So that's how you can kind of use support on a on a daily level and on an intraday level, and that's that's all I've got to say on it really.
2: And yeah, I'll uh, I'll move on to the next question from Jake. And just reminder to anyone, Leslie and and anyone listening, do check out episode eighty four because I think it's roughly an hour long where we talk about exactly this topic. So we expand on it a little bit there. So next question is from Jake. I see a lot of traders using level two to enter and exit trades. Is it worth it to get level two? Can you explain exactly what information it provides and how to use it? So I'll start, um, just because I want to kind of, I, 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 it's fresh in my mind from reading the question here. Um, what is level two? Let's, let's start there because many people may or may not be familiar. Remember level two is the order book. Okay. That's in in any trade you've got the, you've got the buyers and the sellers and the best analogy I can use for level two is it is a digital representation, you know, of all the guys in the pit waving the tickets. Okay. I'm sure whether it be trading places or any stock market movie or TV show, I'm willing to bet everybody has seen that, you know, it doesn't really exist anymore because we're all digital trading, but I'm sure you've seen something where you saw all the guys yelling, buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. That is, it's simple, but that is what level two is representing. It's, it's representing sellers and buyers, how many shares they're offering or how many they're bidding and the price they're bidding or asking. So it is just a digital representation of the buyers and the sellers. Now, can you explain exactly how to use it and how many traders use it? It is an art and a science again. Um, I say, and and this is why I wanted to answer before Steven did, you need to understand basic charting. You need to understand price action. You need to understand how to read a press release. So many newer traders think there is, because they see the matrix of level two They think that there is some secret edge there, but I think that is something that you should be doing down the road. Because if you're staring at level two all day long and you don't know how to chart something, man, you're putting the cart before the horse.
1: I, I would also, um, it's like see a lot of traders saying level two. Can you explain what information it provides? What he just did. How do you use it? Like I'm almost tempted to say don't bother because it's just a, it's just a big distraction. I'll see the benefits, but it's a bit of a big distraction that lures a lot of new traders to just focus on the absolute short term. And when I look at the paper trading competition and I see the likes of Jude being like, Oh, I just got out because this happened in the short term, but then it actually went up higher. I'm like, that is a classic example how level two can scale out of a, of a bigger thesis or a bigger longer term picture. Because and yeah, I mean there's a
2: lot of there's a lot of games going on there if you, if you've watched level two you might say you're yes. long some stock and then you see some hundred thousand share seller come in and you freak out and then all of a sudden he disappears you know there's a lot of uh, just a so lot of
1: games so many fake outs like with a lot of these low floats they'll break out fail break out fail break out fail, then they'll dip below support and then they'll rip and break out huge so there's a lot of a lot of go, a lot of games and stuff like that with level two. I mean, to, to be honest, like I'd probably watch it if I was about to get out of my position. Like if I was in a position already and I was short and it looked like it was going to break through a key level and then the bid stacked, I'd probably be like, "I'm not risking this." The bid stacked, I'm getting out. If I was just like at me key, if I was at me the key point of where I should cut the loss and I saw the bid stack and I was short. I'd be like, I'm not risking this, I'm getting out. But other than that, all level two does is knock you out of a longer term thesis and distracts you. Isn't you a trader? I've not yet mastered level two. I don't think there's many people that have.
2: Yeah, and and that is ultimately the answer, Jake. I think um, now is level two va- valuable. You should have yeah. it like you should have it. But, yeah. but it but it's but it's just one pa- small piece of the puzzle, and the smallest piece, the smallest yeah. piece of the puzzle. I would say I don't the know, I don't know if it's the smallest, but it's down there. I mean, I mean, if I, if we're looking at this, uh, you know, a trade setup as a pie chart, you know, price action is like is like you know a Steven Johnson sized piece of the pie. You know, um, and and you know, news, the chart, you know, all these things that go into it. But I, yeah, if it's a pie chart, level two is a small sliver of that pie chart for sure.
1: God bless, and, I, and I'll just jump into the next question, and it's from Alex. Can you talk about how to break away from the gamblers' mentality? Well, I can't because I am bloody in it, <laughs> uh, and the importance of understanding how your account is your business model and why you should be focused and serious about it, plus the difficulties of learning how to scale up value bet in order to grow your account. Shall I, shall I start with this one since I am a gambler? and your Okay, so can you talk about how you break away from the gambler's mentality and the importance of understanding how your account is a business model, first of all? Um, it's really, really, really difficult, uh, and it's really, it's not so much how can you break away from the gambler's mentality to understand your account as a business model? It's just, I mean, it is that, and I get it in that essence, but it's more, what it boils down to a simpler question for me of can you cut the loss and and understand in the moment that this is an odds game and that if you play the odds enough times, you will ultimately eventually win? Can you determine a formula of success in the stock market and then adhere to the rules that you've made that make that formula successful? And for me, it's, I know we, we often talk about it. It's, it's, it's about getting burned so many times that you eventually learn discipline. And for me, I've been bent a lot of times and I've kind of still not learned discipline. So I've just took some time off and come back. I know a lot of traders who've not been able to crack it. And then they've took a couple of months off, come back. And then they've made a ton of money for a six or an eight month run. So maybe sometimes you need that break, but, is to turn it into a business model, Tim, maybe you're better. And, and is just to scale up. I would probably not even answer the second question until you've mastered the first question.
2: Do, totally agree with that part. Yeah. I mean, you know, Alex, it's it's funny. And this is like not to go all like psychiatrist on you or, you know, but you answered your question. I mean, I mean, the answer is there treat it like a business, you know, make this serious. And, you know, we, we talked earlier with, with Liam, you know, and and if it's, if it's $500 or a thousand in your account, I mean, treat that like that's it. You know, you know, this is, you know, this is, I, I am not going to blow up my account because this is a business, you know, you wouldn't, well, at least I hope you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't risk your entire business on one deal okay you know you should never have a customer i don't care what your business is that that's that's a huge amount of your business because what if that customer fails what if that customer doesn't pay their bills etc you can really get in trouble and and that's how i think you should approach trading is this is a business i'm not here for action i'm not here for fun now it can be fun when you win just like you know i I'm sure many of you know, I had a business. I mean, you land that big deal, you high five, you're excited, but then you go back to work the next day because you know, that's what you're there to do. And not to kind of be, you know, I, I, I'm not sure the term, but you answered the question, Alex, you, you said it, you know, how do I treat it like a business? Well, Treat it like a business, you know, treat it like this is serious. This is something you want to do hopefully for the rest of your life. And when you're staring at that loss, when you're, when you're, when you're, you know, if you're jumping in a trade, just because your heart's beating, you know, that's not how you approach business. That's not how you're a professional. Treat it like you're a professional. Treat it like it's a business.
1: But I mean, I just want to go back to that because the thing with what Alex is saying, he's saying, how do you break away from the gambler's mentality? which I think is more important. Maybe he knows that he needs to treat it like a business. Maybe he knows that he needs to respect the values of the business, but how does he break away from a gambler's mentality? And I think that's the key part of the question. And it's tough. How do you break away from a gambler's mentality? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not an easy answer.
2: I I agree. Um, you know, it's not to go all Jocko Willink, but, uh, how do you break away from a gambler's mindset? Well, quit treating trading like gambling. That's the answer. You know, just like when, when people ask Jocko, how do you get up early? He just says, we'll start getting up early. You know, you know, ultimately it's up to you. I mean, you just have to say, listen, I'm, you know, I'm not in this for the action. I'm in this for consistent, you know, consistently repeatable setups, consistently repeatable profits. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Go, I'm, You know, I, I, I've never attended, I, you know, I don't, I've always looked at trading as a tool, as a trade, and, and if you listen to the podcast, you've heard me say it a million times. I compare it to being an electrician, being a plumber. This is a skill I'm looking to, you know, use daily, weekly, whatever. Now, I just don't have the gambling mindset. I've been to with for various conferences and speaking engagements. I've been to Las Vegas. I think probably at least fifteen times in the last ten years. I've never once gambled. I mean, it's just – it's not attractive to me. I don't – I'm not wired that way. Now, maybe it's because I'm old and have a family. Now, maybe 25-year-old Tim would have a different approach, but I just don't look at it that way.
1: Yeah, and and trading's a a weird one because, I mean,
2: yeah, I'd say
1: there's an – either you will – you will get burned so many times that you'll accept it. Right. Or maybe there's, maybe there's an analogy that works for you. Maybe it's, you can think of yourself as a scientist and you're doing an experiment and you're recording the data. Maybe you can think of yourself as a businessman and you don't want to lose your business on the first deal. Maybe you need to do some sort of, um I mean, I remember Stephen duck saying he meditates and stuff to calm himself down. Like, Maybe you need to. Maybe you need to do some self visualization. Imagine yourself cutting that loss before you cut it. I mean, there are tools and techniques and books out there that talk about it. But yeah, I can't really advise yet because I haven't. Which, done which it. I
2: would say, um, you know, somebody when I know I Some somebody we hope to have on the podcast at some point, uh, Dr. Brett Steenbarger. Um, great books on trading psychology, you know we we talked about the daily trading coach on a past uh episode of the steady trade podcast but um he's also got trading psychology and trading psychology 2.0 definitely check out his stuff you know when it comes to breaking down the brain side of trading Brett Steenbarger is probably considered to be the man so check out his books maybe maybe there's the maybe there's the after we talked about it for 10 minutes maybe there's the short answer
1: <laughs> no but i mean it's it, it's it's good to explore and it and it's probably I've always said that the first year of learning is, is the year of, of kind of development patterns and understanding the components and the, and the part after that is developing the discipline. And for some, it's harder than the others. So it's, it's, it's worth the air time. But the, the, the last question is from uh, Raimondo Galvin. And he says, I want to hear more about the importance of timing, like time of day and entry and exits.
2: I think time of day is huge. Um, I talk about it. I mean, pretty much every day in Stocks to Trade Pro. I mean, I think if you're a new trader, you should do anything you can to avoid pre market, avoid the first few minutes of the day. I mean, and this goes for long or short. I mean, you want to let the market digest the news, whatever, and and look to enter trades midday, late day. I know. Uh, you go back to. Alex's question about the gambler's mindset. I know everybody gets FOMOed. FOMO is a verb into wanting to trade the open. You know, they see everything going around these the chat rooms. I mean, it's like if you're in any chat room, the messages just explode at nine thirty. Everybody's talking about this, talking about that. Twitter explodes with this ticker, that ticker. But I mean, you should be in pre market, and this is what I do in pro every day. Is we get on the whiteboard. We draw out plans, we get ready, and, and we stalk these trades. And, you know, a good example, there was one this morning, TTNP was up on uh, opioid-related news, you know, a deal with Walgreens, stock spike from 2 to 245 in pre-market. And I'm like, no, let's just wait for this. Let's see if it can kind of do that dip and rip at the open. If it reclaims on volume, that's the trade. And, and ultimately, You know, today we're recording on the 25th of February, TTNP fell apart, you know, so now you didn't get FOMO'd into buying the, the big runner of the day. You waited for the confirmation of your plan that you created in pre-market. And I'm telling you, when I was a new trader, 2007, 2000 to 2010, 12, 13, until I sold my business. I hate to use the exact number because I'm guessing, but a significant majority of my trades were late day trades because that's when I felt like there was an edge as a new trader, not at the market open.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's a, my probably strongest contribution to this podcast today is going to be right now. And I would, I would honestly say when I, I mean, I'm very prone to self-sabotage and destruction anyway, but, when I was working different shifts and I would finish as half 20 minutes before the market would open, I would finish work. I would run home as fast as I could. I'd get there for the market open and I would start doing research at 930. I would find out what stocks I would want to kind of short 945, 950. And I'd find the stocks that were starting to lose volume and lose momentum at 950. Then, and I was, and I was successful for a full, full year and a half. And then when I started making money from trading and I started lowering the hours that I was working at and I was finishing work earlier, I was was able to see a lot more pre-market action. And being able to see the very early hours of pre-market action was my absolute self-destruction. Interesting. Because I was there and because I was free to trade it, I was getting emotionally involved in these silly, silly trades, which I thought would be weak and then for whatever reason they turned out to be strong. And I read the pre-market action wrong because it's difficult to read because there's not enough volume to understand what's going to happen yet. And I destructed myself. And the message in that is don't trade pre-market. And trust me, I have destroyed myself trading pre-market, destroyed it. I mean, probably. I was successful successful before I did it.
2: uh, Yeah, I was going to say, you could, you know, there's a, we've done many episodes on this and, Um, a lot of those biggest losses, I'm just, you'll you'll remember better than I were, but a lot of those big losses, were those all pre-market trades then?
1: if not all of them. It's not all of them. It's not all of them. Everything is getting in too big a position, adding into a winner that quickly spikes up because it's weak volume. All of a sudden it pushes up. Then it's near high of day when it looked like it was going to fail. I've added into a winner, added into a winner, added into a winner thinking it's going to wash out the open spikes up out of nowhere. Then I'm thinking, I don't want to cut it because it looked like it was going to fail all day. And then obviously all the other shorts are trapped pre-market as well. Volume comes in at the or It doesn't break straight away and it rips. And then I'm like, shall I just add into the spike and hope it fails now. And then you add into the spike and then you fail. And then you add and you add and you add and you just take a three or four, $5,000 loss. But if you just wait till 9.45, 9.50, 10, you can see the double top on high volume. And if it breaks that double top, it's like it's going to be away. And if it doesn't break that double top, if it does break down, then you win. And every now and then I'd catch one that would pop and fail. But it, no, it does not come near to the times where it's come down and then come back up and ripped and ripped everyone's face off. It's dangerous, short and first green days. It's even more dangerous. It is suicide, short and first screen days, pre-market. <laughs> and, and I've learned, like, well, I'd, I'd say I've learned, I'll probably do it again. But I'd like to hope that I'll never do it again because I've ended up having to take a couple of months off this to try and get out of the horrible habit of having this uh, fucking perverted idea of when, it's like a perversion, to nail a stock pre-market, it's disgusting. It's a disgusting perversion.
2: Well, I blame sh- so. Twitter for that. You see all these guys brag, brag, brag. So then you, you get suckered into it too. But yeah. So just like, if you've got that disgusting perversion,
1: just open them Like I know Tim Sykes says like, get be prepared and stuff. But if, if you're perverted at short, like trading pre-market and short in pre-market, first green days, I would say open the open your computer at nine thirty, start doing your research for what a short at ten.
2: Well and, and, and I agree with that. Now what I would say is is you'll know, just force that discipline and just have rules. Um, you know, you know, do your I do your research. And again, I look back at when I was a new trader. I would I was there every morning, almost every market open, and then I would go take care of business like nine forty-five because I was like, hey, I got you know, I had a business, I gotta work. I can watch the markets, but then things kind of got busy midday. I would make my plans. I would write everything down. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to enter a trade because I might, I, I drove a lot. We had a lot of jobs all over the place that I'd have to check in on. So I'm like, I'm not going to enter a trade here. I'm going to come back this afternoon and I'm going to look, you know, if I was looking for that, you know, VWAP hold high a day or you know, back then I was much more short bias. If this thing's below, if this big runner of the day is below VWAP post 2 PM, then I'm going to nail it. But just force that discipline, have rules, just say, I'm not going to trade before 10 AM or, I mean, hell, right. you're really new. Now I know it doesn't work because remember Steven, I mean, he's in Dubai, the, you know, the the late day schedule has always kind of been a battle for him, but assuming you know, if you're in a more friendly time zone, just have a rule that that you're going to make your trade plans, but you're only going to execute them late day. And if all your, if everything falls apart, good, you know, if you're under the PDT and you make six trade plans and you come back in the afternoon and none of them are doing what you want, good. Save your day trades for the next day. You know, it's, it's not that big of a deal to take a day off, especially if you're under the PDT. Yeah
1: and I, and I don't have I don't have really much more to to say really than that just other than the just don't get suckered in to the fascination with trying to nail something like let it work itself out because you will just destroy yourself if you try and be the first one to nail the top the the best one to nail the bottom like you will just destroy yourself like let the pattern form. And when it confirms the lower high, when it confirms the double bottom, you've got a pretty solid risk reward there, especially on high volume when the market's open.
2: Yeah. And the, the last quote I'll change with is something I use all the time. Um, and I stole it. I don't remember who coined this phrase, but amateurs open the market and professionals close it. I mean, you, the majority of that crazy volatility you see at the market open is just amateurs looking for action. So would like would like to thank Liam uh Leslie Jake Alex and Raimundo um as a reminder you all get a, st- a steady trade mystery box so I'll let Steven wrap up the episode but I did want to mention leave your comments please we want to answer your questions youtube email on the steadytrade.com blog hit us up because if we use your question you get a mystery box so Steven Take us out.
1: Yeah, no, not to be selfish about the exit, but it's just to say that I'll, I'll be back trading. But um, I, I, as a first rule until I can learn some discipline, I will not be looking at the market until it opens. Nice, I like it. And that's that's the that's the new rule, and we'll see where it goes from there. Other than so, what that, do just, I get?
2: To, what do I get to do to you when you're like posting about how you're trading at nine? You know, in in pre market.
1: It's not, it's not going to happen, but plus I'm, 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 I'm working a bit more these days as well. So it's, it's like the, my work schedule almost stops me from, it pretty much stops me most days from trading pre-market. So like I'm forced not to do it now. So, uh, so now I've set up and I'm with a broker where I can get the shortable shares without needing to, um, without needing to force anything pre-market because with an interactive broker, sometimes that was a, a struggle. But, uh, no, I just, I wish everyone, wish everyone luck in the trading world. I think it's, it's more than just making money. It's about learning about yourself. It's about an introspective process. It's about challenges, challenging yourself to become a, a better person and achieve goals. And, uh, let's all continue the journey together because it's, a, it's something that you, like what I've learned is it's not something you're in for a couple of weeks. It's not something you're in for a couple of months. It's actually something you're in and it's like a kind of a year game and we've been in this a couple of years now. Uh, This is a a long-term game, no matter how long it takes. So I look forward to being friends and connecting with a lot of people in the future.
0: Hey, this is Glenn from Phoenix, Arizona, and I like to wear Star Wars shirts while recording and editing and producing episodes of the Steady Trade Podcast. Now, if you like what you're hearing, please share it with your family and friends on social media. And check out our website, SteadyTrade.com, where you can read beautifully written transcripts of all our episodes. And while you're at it, how about subscribing to our new Steady Trade podcast channel on YouTube to get all episodes the minute they're released. And if you really like what you hear, give the guys a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes or whatever podcast service you subscribe to. I did, and I don't really even like these guys all that much. You try getting Steven to concentrate on one thing for more than 20 seconds.